Are you there, God? It's us, Sid King and Becca Stevenson. Welcome to Good Girls Gone Sad. This is the podcast where we answer the questions, what made you good and what makes you sad? We started this podcast to dispel the rumor that good girls go bad. Sometimes they go sad, but mostly good girls go wherever they want. So we are here to unpack our religious drama together. And yes, you heard that right. We said drama because the best parts of religion are performative. Just a reminder, as always, we're not here to bash. We are just here to bond. You want to introduce our guest? I would love to. I have a banter question mark and we never know what to say. We're always like, we're really funny and we actually, we normally do some pre-banter and that's our problem. Anyway. Yes. We um, shouldn't we'll, speak to our guests. We shouldn't hit record. <laughs> um, but our, I mean, our pre-banter was delightful, so I'm truly so excited for this conversation. Um, so we have today Matt Giddens, who is a basic New York gay, an architect, and interior designer. And here he is. Hi. Yeah, you're allowed to start talking. We're really bad at introducing people. Okay, I wasn't <laughs> sure I was allowed to talk before. Yeah, it's not, like a, yeah. it's not like an unmute on Zoom situation. <laughs> Honestly, we're waiting for the day someone's like, can I just introduce myself? <laughs> I, I do always think on Las Culturistas, like, they have these, like, 10-minute conversations. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, is the person just sitting there? Like, yes. So it's legitimately, there. like, 20 minutes long now. It's insane. <laughs> do they like, mute your microphone? Like, they I'm do. Sure. Okay, I was going to say, because you're definitely, like, laughing, right? I would they assume. Go on their diatribe. Well, I feel like, <laughs> it's the, like I feel what like, do you have to cough? Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I no, feel like they are definitely. Allowed. I feel like they're definitely muted, or um, like I feel like they've been doing it over Zoom lately. Like the guests will be over Zoom and they will yeah. be fully muted, and or well, on um, seek treatment, they just don't even love them in their room. But, like they don't even let them in the Zoom room. <laughs> <laughs> They so lock them in a go. little, like, closet under the <laughs> yeah. stairs, and they don't look them out. Harry Potter style. I mean, the thing about us is we would never do that, because we would be like, are they mad at us? Yeah. <laughs> they can't be let in. <laughs> <laughs> They're furious with us. Oh, love it. Well, welcome, Matt. We're Thank so excited you. that you're We're here. Excited. We love it. Okay, we can just dive, dive right, right in. in. We've been having way too much pre-recording banter. <laughs> um, okay, we would love to know what is your good girl origin story. Um, I would like to point out, as always, good girl is a gender-neutral term, so <laughs> anyone anyone can defi- can identify as a good girl, um, but we just want to know what made you a good girl, the good girl you are today, or the former good girl you are today. Mm-hmm. Unless you're, like, a four-legged animal, and you're super cute. Yes, unless you're, yeah. <laughs> you're a unless good boy. You're a good boy, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I guess, I guess the way that's framed, I would say that I have always been a good girl. Um, I was a good girl in the sense of a very niche communities term, and now I'm free from that. But um, yeah, I guess like my origin story, you want me to like start there? Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama, and I grew up in a very evangelical community. Um, My, I went to this church called Briarwood, and it is like the beginning of the Presbyterian Church, Presbyterian Church in America movement. And essentially, back in like the 60s and 70s, when, um, you know, racial, like, all the civil rights stuff was happening, and all these churches, most notably, the Presbyterian Church and the Episcopalian Church, I think, were, at least on the Protestant front of things, thinking about, okay, how do we need to, like, really reconcile all of these issues. And the Presbyterian Church was, you know, making steps in that direction. And of course, in the South, people are racist and terrible. (laughs) And I mean, people are racist everywhere. But um, in the South, you can get away with more. And um, so my, the church that I grew up going to in like the 70s, they decided to break off from the Presbyterian Church, which is now called the Presbyterian Church USA, Mm -hmm. or at least by that community, and um, form the PCA, the Presbyterian Church of America. And um, it was like a sneaky way of saying, we want to stay racist and also not have to like progress in any sort of direction other than what we're doing right now. And so, yeah, so I grew up in this church. I would say, for the most part, like, yes, the racism still exists in so many different capacities. It just looks very different now. Mm -hmm. Um, But I went, I grew up, like, the poster child in this church was there 
three times a week, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday nights. Um, youth group, big thing. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> We've talked about that because Catholic people don't have youth groups. No. Because they go to Catholic school. Oh, yeah, okay. Or we have, like, um, you go to CCD if you're not, like, in ed being educated at school, or right before confirmation, you have to go through, like, a series of classes. But beyond that, like, we had, like, kind of a youth group, but it was, we never really talked about God. We kind of just threw dodgeballs at each other, which was a negative experience. Yeah. <laughs> like, we had, like, <laughs> the vibe, though. we had lock-ins, and if you ever fell asleep, like, people would draw on your face. And I'm like, I don't think oh, Jesus God. would draw on people's faces or bully you for that. But, <laughs> so the same guy who would bully me for falling asleep is the same guy who bullied me for having a too short skirt when I was singing in the choir. It's the same guy who teaches theology at my high school now. We love that. No, no, no. But yeah, youth group like wasn't isn't a thing. Um, yeah. And I do think we were constantly talking about religion, though. So it's not like I was yeah. for lack of conversation with my peers. Yeah, I mean the like youth group was it really did become like like my entire community mm -hmm. and like friend making mm -hmm. you know machine and like all these other things. Um, but yeah, so like this church, you know, like I said, has a bunch of like racist origins, but also is like super conservative, is like super obsessed with like every word of the Bible is true, like biblical, you know, like following everything by the letter of the law to what the Bible says. Um, so like, you know, growing up queer in this entire environment was really difficult. Um, but it was also like, I was so immersed in this community that I like community was the most important thing. So yeah. it's like, if you think in any way that you could jeopardize your community, then you don't even like explore that path. So <laughs> it wasn't like looking back on it. Yes, it was really hard, but like, look at that time I was just like, Oh, I just can't be that. So whatever. Like I still have my friends and my family and blah, blah, blah. Um, anyway. So like, there's a whole other side of the coin of, like your other needs are being met yeah so yeah you feel like pseudo fulfilled yes. yes exactly and like you're also being fed that like god fulfills you or and, like <laughs> your, your relationship with christ fulfills you and, and if it's not you're not working hard enough so just keep praying and everyone else says that theirs is being fulfilled so like right. you're like yeah. oh my god you're all in this like euphoric high together and um and like then you realize okay i'm like everyone's playing the game so i've got to play it too mm -hmm. and so you get good at it um but then so then this community also this church a ministry of the church was the largest private school in the state of alabama oh. and that is also where i went from like little toddler in daycare through graduation mm -hmm. um so like not only was I saturated in this like church community, it literally was like every breathing moment of my existence. Um, so yeah, it was really insane. Like everyone in the Birmingham or Alabama, like adjacent area calls it the Briarwood bubble because it mm -hmm. literally is its own little world and they have their own like state mandated police force. What, it's like a campus? Yes. Well, there's two campuses. One of them is the church campus that also has the elementary school on it. Mm. And then there's the South campus, which has the junior high and the high school. I guess, so all of that is like a huge part of my origin, but at the same mm. time, um, you know, like my parents were like very much all about all of this, like, the two most wonderful people in the world love them to death. Um, like they raised me to be a wonderful person. And like, I, it's been a lot to like reconcile. Okay. Like y'all are still part of this community, but I, I cannot sever myself from you. And mm -hmm. they obviously don't want that to happen either. But, um, but like they really like thought that this was important. And they put their money where their mouth was. And yeah, they, me and my two siblings, that was like what Yeah, I was about to ask, I was like, how big is your family? Where are you in the birth order? I'm the middle. Okay. okay. 
Yeah, we talk a lot about, like, we feel like birth order comes into, like, how good you were <laughs> a lot. Like, or, like, what your motivations were, mm-hmm. I think, is what we found, which is interesting. Because I feel like the, like, peacekeeping vibe yes. mm-hmm. is oh huge. God. Like, Vanessa talked about that a lot in that in her episode of, like, always wanting everyone to be happy, like, yes. people pleasing everyone. I mean, like, in my case, that was a big part of it in the sense of, I cannot lose my community. Mm-hmm. I can't lose everything that I have. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, everyone, like, you know, you get to that certain age where, like, everyone is like, what's your testimony? Yeah. And, oh, my God. And it's like, okay, I guess I got to figure one out. So, like, you're all playing. Struggle, quick. Yeah, yes. Quick. What can I stop story? Yes. Yeah. Well, like, it was funny. It was funny because, like, in ninth grade, um, in the state of Alabama, we actually had like this insane day of, there were over like 40 something tornadoes that touched down oh, wow. and, um, like tons and tons of people were killed. It was honest. I, I don't, I don't know if this stat is like a hundred percent correct still, but like at that time it was like considered like one of the deadliest days in all of like natural disaster history in America. Oh, wow. And it was huge. It rocked the entire state. And, um, one of the tornadoes actually touched down like right by my house and went down our driveway and we had to rebuild like half of our house. We were in the house when it happened, mm-hmm. um, like in the basement, but like it really wasn't like that bad because like, yay, we have insurance and mm-hmm. yay, like mm-hmm. new kitchen. We're yeah. We're <laughs> like a fine, you know, middle-class family. Everything's gonna be fine. Um, but like, I remember being like, Oh my God, this is my testimony story. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> they got something bad happening. Yes, yeah. like thank God. Like I have an incredible story now. <laughs> um, yeah, so like you're just constantly like trying to, or I was just con- I was very obsessed with like I've got to do everything right. I've got to like really fit into this community and not only fit in it but like be like the most involved person. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Did you go to conventions and stuff? I would go to like. Yeah, like, in middle school, we would go to this, um, it was a camp, it was at Covenant College in Chattanooga, Tennessee, um, it was, like, a big PCA thing, I mean, the PCA is huge, it's, like, I think it's, like, probably the second biggest evangelical movement behind the Southern Baptist Church, it's pretty big. Um, if that's also not true, look it up and roast <laughs> me later. Um, but it's pretty big. Mm-hmm. Um, but then on top of that, like my church was big enough. I mean, it was a mega church. It was big enough to like host its own shit. So like we, like our church would be hosting like all sorts of like retreats and camps and stuff mm-hmm. all the time anyway. So I was like involved in all of that stuff. Um, but yeah, that was like a, yeah, that was a big part of it. Was it, like, new-agey church? Like, like the big, ugly megachurch vibe? Or was it, like, a pretty old church with a choir? That's, an, that's a really interesting question, actually. Um, Presbyterians are big on, like, the ritual mm-hmm. of... It's kind of like... It's kind of like how Episcopalians are. Mm-hmm, yeah. It's, it's kind of like Catholicism meets Protestantism. <laughs> um, like, our church was in the late 90s and early 2000s kind of like took this path when when the pastor changed they took a different path and kind of started integrating contemporary with traditional and that was a really interesting and weird thing um but the church is like it's this massive building but it's also like still very traditional Mm. um yeah so i did not have like now the youth group part of it was a little bit more like new uh-huh. agey, like you're listening to Hillsong yeah. and you're, um, I mean, I, that was also a huge, huge part of my life was I was in the youth group like band mm-hmm. and we would get gigs like all over like the city. You're like kind wow. of like a celebrity. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. 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 And it was like huge, huge part of my life. Um, cause music has always been like my thing. Um, what do you play? 
I so I played keys for. Okay. Wow, so you were like the that's one. Like, that's cool. Oh, I was the one on the synth pads. Yeah. When, when, everybody, were... when, when everybody gets quiet yes. and they uh, are like, yes, yes, we yes. gathered today to think about God. So you mentioned about... good Christian fun um, when oh you were talking God. earlier. Does the like exit like trigger you a lot? Oh, oh yeah, it's so <laughs> real. Um, yeah, no, it really does. It it kind of is that insane, like. Like, I don't know what it is about that, but, like, if you've ever experienced it in, like, a real setting where you were buying into what was happening, yeah. it's powerful. Oh, it's so oh, powerful. Yeah. It's it's so, <laughs> like, so emotional. I remember I went, my church was, like, very traditional in some ways, but then they had a praise and worship service that was, like, oh, in the gym. Yeah. And my dad liked that one because he didn't, like, want to wear a tie to church. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> something silly. And so we usually went to that one, but, like, and I felt like when I went to the other one, I was very disconnected from it. And then when I went to the praise and worship, it's, like, so emotional and just, like, I mean, honestly, it's good marketing. It, like, yeah. pulls you in in a way that, like, the other one is, like, oh, we're checking all these boxes. And then the more emotional, like, youth group side of it was, like, you need to actually, like, cry and dance oh and, like, mm-hmm. all of those things come into it. Yeah, I still remember there was this one night where we had, like, our regular, like, Wednesday night, like, meeting... And it was, like, instead of there, there's usually, like, some sort of, like, little mini sermon that happens at these things. But every once in a while we would do one where it was just all music, like, the entire time. Mm -hmm. And, like, those were big nights where we would prepare for, like, weeks, like, learning all sorts of different new and interesting songs and, like, you know, putting together all of the transitions and you know, everything was like this big production. And I remember this one night, it was like, I guess we knocked it out of the park because everyone was like sobbing at the end of the night and everyone's like, oh my God. And everyone was like, we're having a revival. And I was like, I I don't know. Okay. Um, it's a good show, guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Nice. It was nice. really funny, but there were so many people, like, crying and getting up and being like, I'm addicted to porn. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, my God. <laughs> I think the testimony thing is very toxic. I, like, when I was in college, I sort of was in and out of different groups, and I went to this one for a while, and, like, I just, I felt like people would get up and talk about things, and I was like, no, you need to see someone. Like, you need to go to a mm, professional. Yeah. You don't need to be, like... I prayed away my, like, problems. It's like, I mean, if that works for you, then that's great. But also, like, that's not a message to communicate to other people. It's yeah. like, yeah. if you're having, like, a serious kind of life-threatening problem, you need to go talk to a therapist or something, not, yeah. like, talk about it on stage. I don't know. It really bothered me. Well, it's also toxic because I... So, we had, like, a senior retreat that we would go on with our senior class because I went to, yeah, religious school. And you had to, like, sit in these circles and cry, and everyone had to give a testimony. And I was like, to be honest, nothing's wrong with my life right now. I was yeah. like, I was like, this is great. Like, if I went, if I went on America's Next Top Model, I have nothing to say. I've got bad ADHD. <laughs> That's, is that my struggle? And so I, like, said something. And the problem was that everyone at the school was so close that it was, there was nothing new and you just had to like rehash things in front of your peers or you really didn't have anything to say because we, I came from a place where a lot of people were very privileged and like, like you were saying earlier, you have to like quick suffer. Um, and so I said something like, I have an older sister who is pretty successful and I was like, I feel like I'm living in my sister's shadow. Like everyone here knows her, blah, blah, blah. And my retreat leader that year was the music teacher who like knew me and my family very well and he's like that's bullshit say something else oh, wow, and I was like awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I have talked to kids since who were like I was queer and I like that was obviously the thing I wish I could have said and then like but I can't I can't say that like I don't feel safe so like, it yeah. was it was so weird you were so surrounded by your peers and like technically uplifted and like but no, like people would go, they would go home and tell your parents, absolutely, if you said something like that. Yeah. Or they'd be like, bullshit, that's not a struggle. And I was like, I'm doing my best, okay? Yeah. Now I have things to talk about. But uh, before that. It's weird because it's like promoting this very, on one hand, it's like promoting vulnerability. Like that's not happening in a lot of American mm-hmm. circles. That's true. So like that was one part of it that I was like, okay, like this is where like, doing something right here mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of where I like bought into things the most but on the other hand it really is promoting the most 
fake version of vulnerability possible because you're just like asking everyone to spit out the same narrative with like different like sequences of events or like you know whatever your like here's the template for like how this goes and see how this like fits into your life and i mean and then it brings people to a point to where they're spilling all this information that doesn't need to be spilled right in circles of people that are not in confidence Mm -hmm. and like i remember lots of people thinking oh i can be vulnerable about this or that struggle and tell people that they thought were close to them because they had to see each other every single fucking day in this bubble Mm -hmm. and then when that information was entrusted with to this other person that they didn't actually know that well it was then used against them and it was just like so abusive and yeah i saw that too many times so i kept my little lips shut the tornado story was good so i always had it in my back pocket i got mine yeah surface level trauma yeah (laughs) (laughs) throw it out everyone will love it whole families involved classic yes nice nice yeah that is oh that's so real i mean we went to this one conference and it was it was like way more extreme than my church was and it was like a bizarre experience like we woke up or for me based on like I don't know I feel like I had a really waspy church like we were like don't talk about stuff like (laughs) you don't need to be that open And, and then we went to this convention thing and like you went out to journal on the beach every morning. And I, like, remember being, like, oh, I need to, like, think of some deep stuff and, like, yeah. really, like, embrace my struggles and stuff. It was, like, I didn't have a struggle. I was 14 and, like, very privileged. Yeah. But I just, like, remember that. And, like, people would be crying and then people would go up on stage and, like, give their life to Christ. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of, like, I already did that. I don't want to, like, what? What are we doing? Why are you guys doing that? And I just remember being so, like... I wish I could do that, but I also feel uncomfortable doing that, and it was just a weird vibe of, like, I want the intention of going up and giving my life to Christ, but also, like, this doesn't feel right. feels very artificial. Do you remember the name of the convention? Big Stuff. Oh, okay. Because you grew up in North Carolina, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I feel like there's all these, like, especially in the South, there's, like, all these, like, Protestant big convention things that happen, and, like... I wouldn't have been surprised if I had known what it was, but yeah, you guys were there. Hey, well, so my one of my coworkers, we were talking. She's from Georgia, and it was in Florida, and so it, like kind of makes like, was it fu- like, uh, was it fuge? Wait, I don't. Know. There's this big one that happens in Pensacola. Oh, interesting. I don't remember where this one was, but we like took a big bus and. Um, but she had gone to it, and I was like, well, we probably were there the same year, which is so weird to think about. Like, she's a little bit older than me, so maybe not, but um, it was just a strange thing of, like, I probably went to the same convention as, like, a lot of people I know, and we've just never thought to bring up yeah. Big Stuff, Christian Youth Conference from, big like, stuff. 2008. <laughs> yeah, I went to the National, National Catholic Youth Conference um, and CYC. Where was that held? Um, it changed every year, and the year I went, it was in Indianapolis. I'm from Indianapolis. So we were, like, but we were one of the home parishes. Oh, so we, like, welcomed people. Home court people. advantage. Yeah, so we welcomed people into our, um, our Catholic church, and we might, we did, like, a few masses, and I got to sing at one of them. Very exciting. Solo? Um, uh, I think it was just the choir. I think it was just the choir, because it was, like, a... We didn't do solos besides the Psalms. Uh. So no one, like, you, like performing wasn't really a thing. But I did do, like, a lot of chamber orchestra. So when you were saying earlier, like, it's really powerful when there's, like, the synth behind and things like that. I had that experience when, like, I would go to a traditional Latin mass mm. and it was, like, this beautiful mm. Baroque music. And you're like, yeah, I get why people believed in God so strongly. Like, you're in this church that is gilded, this most beautiful thing you've ever seen. You eat only potatoes. And then you get to hear the, like, you cry at this music. So I have the same experience, maybe the opposite side, where it's, like, completely, so yeah. completely unrelatable that you're like, only God could come up with something like this. Wait, I'm sorry. Go back to the potatoes. Oh, just like it, like um, I'm thinking like when Mozart wrote something, and it was like peasants got to hear it for the first time only at church. Oh. It's like your life is so bland, and I then see, see, you I get see. to go to. I'm like, thinking this is like a literal like roll. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, like, donuts, you have yeah. <laughs> 
No, they like shoving potatoes down your throat before you go to the church. Okay, I would not have left the church if they were giving me potatoes all the time. I'm a big potato eater. Um, Baked potato, I'll join your religion. That was a big, a big part about the church that I'm actually really grateful for. And especially the one that I grew up in was because we kind of had this mix of the traditional and the contemporary was um, just a big part about it was the arts. Mm -hmm. I mean, like we had our own like, like orchestra too. Like, and it was every, we had our own ballet company, like people in the state. Oh my gosh. I know about this church. I was like, why do I know? Like, it's like a professional ballet company and they have a, oh my God, this girl that went to my church. I'm, my sister's going to freak out. (laughs) I'm 99% sure this girl that danced with me went and joined that company. So one of the most insane things ever, like one of my old roommates actually, um, he, he danced at Alvin Ailey. Really good. Um, While he literally had done workshops at the Broadway Ballet, like, studio. I mean, like, people know about this. Mm -hmm. It's insane. People know. So, like, did they do liturgical dance? Or was it just, like, supported by the church? No, it was liturgical for the most part. Like, everything is through the lens of the Bible. Mm -hmm. But, like, they... I mean, I guess the most distinguishing thing was they were more traditional ballet... And not a lot of the studios in the area were offering that anymore. It was more like moving into modern dance. Or like competition style. Or competition style, style. Like- yeah. So like, so the the lead pastor who founded the church, his wife was a professional ballerina. Mm-hmm. And she used to live here. And, and so anyway, when they founded this church, a big part of... I guess it's like so insane because it kind of sounds like president and first lady, but literally (laughs) it's the same concept where it's like, he has his church and like, what's your initiative going to be? And hers was like, I want my ministry to be like ballet. And like, that's my passion. And like, that's how I want to teach people about God. And she started a really successful ballet company through the church. So sorry. How old was your church when you joined? Um, it was founded in, I think it was founded in like 1960. Okay. okay. So yeah. So it's, it had been pretty established mm-hmm, at that point. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like been around since 1912. No, like, no. Okay. Okay. Got it. No, it was, it was literally started in this like little storefront, like convenience store in the sixties by this guy who had like a revelation that. He needed to be a pastor after he got back from the war and killed hundreds of people. And so, so yeah, so he like started this church and out of this like little storefront and it just grew and grew. Um, I mean, the, the, the people who founded this church, they, um, they lived in a little house up the street from where I grew up and they were like a big part of my life. Like I would see them all the time. They had this notorious prayer breakfast that they would have like every Saturday morning. Righteous Gemstone style. We're like, have you seen it? Have we all seen it? Oh wait, no, I haven't seen it. It's so good. It's more like the mega church, like for profit kind of like narrative. Um, But there is this infamous, like every Sunday after church, they go like upstairs at like a, it's like an Outback Steakhouse or something. It's like to be invited upstairs is a huge deal. Yeah, no, literally. Okay. (laughs) Okay. This to me, I would describe as like, Okay, so we're all holier than thou, but are you even more holier than thou? And, like, are you really wanting to be part of the club? Well, you should come to this prayer breakfast at 7 a.m. on Saturday mornings because it shows that you're going to give up wanting to sleep in and you would rather be part of this community. I really wanted you to pray at the butt crack of dawn. Oh that was God. such a big thing. <laughs> it's insane. Well, anyway, so, yeah. So, like, I mean, I am so, so tangential to this that, like, when when the prayer breakfast when they they both passed away now actually very recently mm. um but when they got too old to keep hosting it it moved to my house because it was right down the street oh, wow. so like i just remember like in college it, that happened when i was in college so i was never home thank mm-hmm, god mm-hmm. but like i remember i remember my dad being like well if you're ever home like on saturday like we have the prayer breakfast coming I literally told my dad one day, I was just like, I'm sorry, I don't want to sit around and, like, listen to a bunch of white nationalist old men, like, pray, Mm -hmm. quote-unquote pray, about these things. Yeah, so it was, like, really insane. But, like, they founded this truly out of, like, 
they had no resources. Mm -hmm. They just did it. And it turned into this insane bubble thing that is controlling the state of Alabama. That's so interesting. I mean, like, the arts were big. You were exposed to a lot. It was, like, it wasn't tacky. It really wasn't. It's like, that's one weird thing about it was like, I mean, yes, there's, there are parts that were actually tacky, but like as a whole, the, the undertone of it was like, this is high production. This is like, we love God and we love art and we're going to like combine the two. And it was really, it was actually really cool. I think a lot of mega churches have like really cool music programs, Mm -hmm. which is like, as we were saying, a little bit manipulative sometimes. No, it's but... it's the definition of like a cult. Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. draw them in with this, and then they don't want to leave. I so listeners, we were talking about the podcast Good Christian Fun, which mm-hmm. we love, and um, they were saying on an episode that I was listening to recently that like a lot of the people they talked to, their first interaction with the arts was at church, and uh-huh. like the things that they're really interested in, they like developed at church and the choir and the music and things like that and I was thinking about it and I was like oh my gosh I literally did like skits at church and was like this is the best thing I've ever done like I want to be an actress like didn't do (laughs) acting elsewhere was just doing it at church like remember I did this like funny one about bullying and like everybody was like oh she's so funny and I'm like (laughs) I literally think that's when I was like I have to be funny now (laughs) everyone here thinks I'm funny so it is it's like a good outlet yeah. in a lot of ways for like creative energy. Wait. Great podcast if you like this it podcast. If you like if you like it. this podcast, theirs is more established. <laughs> theirs has sponsors and, and sound quality. <laughs> <laughs> they that podcast actually was the beginning of me deconstructing like really? everything. Yeah, that's so interesting. Well, I think that takes us into our next question. Well, if we want yeah. to explore this topic, yeah. Um, so next, we asked, "What made you sad?" So that can be what made you step away, what made you physically sad. Like, um, yeah, we'll just let you take the floor. Um, Kevin T. Porter and Caroline Ely have corrupted me. Um, <laughs> no, they. I mean, I'm not kidding when I say this. That there. I mean, there were a lot of things like growing up that I questioned, but it would immediately stop questioning it because. I would realize, oh, if I question this any further, that means it's the end of literally everything as I know it, and I will be ostracized from this community. Um, so, like, going to college obviously was, like, very helpful for that. But at the same time, I was I was in school in Alabama. So, like, it wasn't... You went to a university in Alabama? No, I went to Auburn University. So oh, okay, it's okay. on the other side of the state. I meant to say university... You went to school in Alabama, and I said you went oh. to university in Alabama, not British. of. Oh, 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 you, oh, I thought you said of, okay. No, I see. Um, yeah, no, I mean, like, I went to college in, you know, Auburn is in Alabama, and there's still a very, like, heavy Christian mm-hmm. presence there. Um, so, like, I was, I had definitely not given up on the church when I went to college, but I definitely wanted a little bit more progressive. I wanted people that cared about poor people. I wanted people that like cared about black people. Um, was still like very like self-hating homo like like internalized homophobia at that point. Yeah. Um, but like I still wanted people that seemed like they cared about people who were sinners or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but those questions I would quickly squelch because I was actually making really good friends in college this community what like wonderful people that i still keep up with today um we just have a lot of differing opinions but in the religious community there yes okay. um some of them have actually kind of come the direction that i have i wouldn't say as liberally and i use that in that literal definition of the word not any mm-hmm. political affiliation <laughs> uh, but yeah so i but I distinctly remember being home on Christmas break. Um, God, I think it was my junior year. And um, just discovering that podcast. And I was like, oh my God, I grew up with all of this stuff. Because like when they first started off, they would be critiquing I guess, I mean, the whole concept was, like, critiquing stuff in Christian pop culture. And mm-hmm. a lot of it was kind of niche. 
like people even within the bubble that I grew up in did not know about some of this stuff. Yeah, I like so let's as a Catholic, it was like it's hard for me to listen to the episodes. Yeah, so I'm like, I truly have no idea what you're talking about. Um, I am now a Daigle stan. I love Lauren Daigle. Um, <laughs> the Daigle Bagel. The Daigle Bagel. Um, so like I've learned a lot about that, but like there is no Catholic pop culture. There, we have we had mm. Veggie Tales. So it, which I'm like, is the kind of the gym episode at the beginning where mm-hmm. they're like. It was nice for me to hear stuff like, this is artistically great. Yeah. It's cute. It's fun for kids. Like, some of it is a little bit problematic now looking back mm-hmm. at it. But, like, for the most part. Like the part, song? Oh, Not God. Great. Yeah. But <laughs> One like, of our mini, mini games was, um, like, is this a real or fake oh God. song? And oh, our, yes. I remember that one. And, <laughs> and then we watched them and we were like, oh. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. But, like, that episode, actually, I remember being like, I was, like, grasping for, like, okay, the way I grew up, is there any legitimacy to it? Mm-hmm. And, like, coming to the realization that, like, oh, my God, there were all these incredible things. And, like, it was really cool to hear all those things. And then I still remember, like, hearing some of the earlier episodes and then getting into, like, the weeds of, like, the legitimacy of heaven or hell. Or, like, mm-hmm. or like you know, they start talking about, like, qu- you know, the queer circle within the church pretty early on and being like oh I don't agree with that but like you know like but I can filter that out and like the more and more I listened to it I was just like no you need to like you have recognized all of these things are true your entire life you just have not been in a space to actually safely question them and so um yeah so that podcast really did spur a lot of like me actually wanting to question and really dig into that and so Shout out to Kevin and Caroline. (laughs) It's a very good podcast. You should definitely listen to it. Sid and I have talked about a lot about how, like, we really loved our upbringing. And so it's hard to be, like, like, I feel like even when I was in high school, really, I was starting to, like, question some of the stuff that people said at church. But I was, like, I still really like it here. And, like, I have a lot of fun. I like singing. (laughs) I like, like, a lot of the accoutrements that come with church Mm -hmm. and so I think and same thing with me in college like I was like struggling to find my Christian community and it's like because there wasn't really one that was aligned with what I wanted I eventually went to um RUF did you ever go oh my god (laughs) my sister was employed by RUF for yeah like a little over a year I liked RUF it was very I mean Carolina is pretty liberal so like there had to be a liberal um, I went to UNC, Chapel Hill. Yeah. Um, there had to be a liberal Bible group, but, like, some of them... I mean, my sister was part of a group that was, like, very conservative. So, I don't know if you know this. RUF is actually a ministry of the PCA. Wait, interesting. Yes. <laughs> okay, but wild. their whole thing is, like, no one is too good to be beyond the need of God's grace. No one so, is too bad to be beyond the... This is what's insane. Like... That's upsetting. What has happened... Well, don't be terribly upset, because... Well, I mean, I hate pretty much all religion at this point, so whatever. But, like... <laughs> The deal with RUF is, and this is coming from, like, sources that are pretty well knowledgeable about it and are in the circle, but um, when they when the PCA has their general assembly, um, which is essentially, like, how the church, like, government works and, like, how they have all their checks and balances for, like, each other within this umbrella organization, for the most part, the pretty much every PCA church is more progressive now and Barwood and some other like original founding churches are like still in the past. And because of the weight that those churches carry, they're still like dictating a ton of shit and it's Mm -hmm. really annoying. Um, I actually knew a lot of people who did the RUF thing where when you graduate, you go and work as an RUF person at another, like, university mm-hmm. who identified as queer in some capacity, but, like, were proclaiming themselves as, like, celibate. They were going to live celibate lives. But there's this huge, like, debate within the PCA that recently happened um, about whether you can proclaim that you are a gay Christian and... Then there's subsets of that. It's like, well, if you were a gay Christian, are you acting on that? Or are you, like, mm. recognizing that it is in your life, but you are not going to act on it? And, like, 
Briarwood and some of these other churches would say, no, like you can't even say that you're a gay Christian, which is insane because yeah. then these people who identified as queer who worked at RUF were not allowed to work anymore because they were like, well, no, like we are saying that we are, we're, we're saying that this is a struggle in our life that we deal with on a daily basis. Like we're not going to ignore it, mm-hmm. but like we're not acting on it. But even they were like not allowed to like do that. Wow. So it's, wow. it's a huge, RUF has like tried to actually steer the other way. And so if that makes you like feel better yeah, about RUF. It does. Well, it's literally like there was like crew and yeah. were, I guess there were Campus Crusaders before our time and then they were crew. And then there was like a subsect of crew that was Greek life. Yes. Which is, did you guys have that too? Yeah, Auburn, Auburn had, it that basically was all, was yeah. crew was all Greek people. It mm-hmm. was, it was kind of insane. Yeah, <laughs> ours was kind of like crew was outside of the Greek system and then Greek life was inside of the Greek system. I went to Greek life for a little while and then I was like okay we're already separating ourselves from the rest of campus by being in sororities like why would we continue to do this and then I went to RUF which was like I mean we at Auburn we called them no we literally we called we at Auburn we called the people who went to RUF the granola Christians literally the everywhere yeah Yeah. and the the band was really good because they played like folk music yeah it was like all like um what was the name of that band I cannot remember, but it's like contemporary hymns Mm -hmm. and they're really beautiful. They're just like stripped down, like very acoustic, very like artful. I loved, I love, I used to listen to a lot of like the RUF stuff when I was still like very much on board in college. I I mean, I didn't know it was all going to come back to good Christian fun. <laughs> they should pay us for this episode. No, they um, should. I, we just all we're, we're actually I just like don't want to cease and desist is all we do. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, uh, two girls talking about Jesus. Well, I mean, it is funny that like one of my favorite things about that podcast was like even early on, they started leading into a whole like Amy Grant thing. Yeah. <laughs> and my friends in college will tell you that like one of my favorite things was like pulling Amy Grant songs out of nowhere and like cueing it and like (laughs) because I grew up so Christian and like but also recognized that like she kind of has some bops and and it was very I was listening to it today to prepare (laughs) yeah you're you're about to transition hard for us which is great oh really yes oh my god okay 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 but no it was just funny because like my friends in college, like, kind of would joke that, like, she was, like, my favorite artist, even though it's not at all the case. But she was kind of, like, influential in my life. Mm-hmm. And so then... And she has, like, more progressive views, too, personally, right? She, uh, yeah, for the most part. But uh, she also kind of chooses to be, like, very Switzerland on things, I think. Yeah. She's, like, vocal when she yeah. not when it's convenient and yeah. a little and, quiet. Like, yeah. Kevin and Caroline did an incredible interview with her, mm-hmm. um... You should definitely listen to it, but, um... They interviewed her? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. They had her, and Kirk Franklin was, like, my dad really likes gospel, and so when they had Kirk Franklin on, I was like, okay, well... It was really funny, because they had Kirk Franklin, and then, like, the episode after was, like, or, like, the week after it aired was when he got, like, majorly canceled, (laughs) which, and then they joke about it later, but, um, yeah, so, like, but then, like, when I, I don't know... I kind of, like, made it this funny brand for me of, like, Amy Grant. And, like, a lot of gays love to, like, attach themselves to, like, a pop diva. Mm -hmm. And I've never really, like, found that in any sort of capacity. But it's usually someone who, like, really influenced them during that time of their life when they were realizing that they were queer in some capacity. And so I I, kind of realized, it's like, I mean, I guess the only person I really had for that was, like, Amy Grant. And, like, whatever (laughs) Britney Spears song I heard on the radio. But, like... I don't know. It's really, I love like the route that they've taken with like, you know, really keeping her alive in that way. And it's, it's very funny to me and I really a lot to it. So. That's so fun. Yeah. They always talk about Zoe girl and I, I'm like, I don't even think I was that into Zoe girl. I was into this other group and I like cannot figure out what they were called. Carlo girl? Yes. Yeah. That. There we go. (laughs) 
my cousin had like an album and she always got like the they're new. like the rocker chicks they're, there's like three of them yeah right yeah, yeah. they're like sisters because we would be like i'm the brown-headed one yeah <laughs> <laughs> i have a question did yeah. your sister read brio mag um she didn't but we did have um so focus on the family had all those magazines i'm pretty mm-hmm. wait Bria was through focus on the family i'm pretty sure it was, yeah okay so they had this other magazine that we definitely got i think it was more like unisex mm-hmm. and we got a few issues of that but um my sister did love rebecca st james mm-hmm. who was like i guess kind of like if you could take a Christian artist and put them into a Brio magazine, she would be like the perfect one. Um, yeah, I and I definitely remember. They are struggling for cover girls now. It's like just really? Dynasty grandchildren. That's oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! It's so exciting. Wait, do you want to hear something really it, scary? It rebooted, which I was like, "Does anybody remember this?" And everyone's like, "No." And I was like, "Well, it's back," and they're like, "Okay." <laughs> oh my god! Wait, that's insane. Because like that was like a birthday present Wait, for good my Christian grandma fun. one year. Did they do an episode on Brio? I'm not sure, and I need to listen to it they because did. it. They did. Like, okay. I didn't know about it. it yes. Because I I talked to you about it because every time I meet like someone who's Christian, because no one um like in my Catholic circles ever read Brio, okay. and I remember reading it, and like my favorite quote from them of all time was it was right when Taylor Swift's debut album came out, and somebody there was like a little you could write in mm-hmm. in the back. It was like. I'm struggling with this. I want some advice on this. And 90% of it was, can you buy me, like, asking the magazine to buy them a purity ring. I was, oh, my God. <laughs> I was super into purity culture. Like, I really wanted a purity ring. That's another story, and listeners have heard it. But um, one of my favorite thing was, they, she was like, can I listen to Taylor Swift? And they go, no, she disobeys her parents. She talks low, and she slams doors. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. And I was like, this is a little bit strange. Well, you just wait for, like, 2013, because she's about to get really racy. She's about to get, <laughs> she's about to talk to gay people. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, I, that is like, it will stick in my mind forever. And then it was always like, my boyfriend knows what porn is. And they're like, yeah, dump him. Dump him. He's a Ugh. penis. Get, dump him. <laughs> no, that's bad. That's bad, oh bad juju. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I always like to ask anybody if they know about Brio Mag. Yeah. And there's, like, no archives online. The way I want to, like, write... I want to get a master's in something so I can write a thesis on the impact of Brio Mag, and there's, like, no archives anywhere. So you can't even go to focusonfanpay.com to find you it? You kind of can, but, like, it was the early 90s. They just, like, didn't archive anything. So they have, like... You can, like, find the covers, and... Oh, there was one I cover. I don't remember what they looked at on Good Christian mm-hmm. Fun. Because I thought they looked at an old one. Maybe they found it. Maybe they... Did. I think you can buy... You can buy them on eBay. But there's oh, no, okay. like, digital archive anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we can probably move... Speaking of, like, um, pop culture... Yes. Well, we gotta do... We gotta do Good Girl Glossary. Oh, my goodness. Sorry. I keep... We, I was so excited for this the episode. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> but, so, we have been talking just kind of, like, every time something comes up, we're like, ha, oh, add it to the Good Girl Glossary. But then we were like, actually, we should make one that's really funny so we have started um a good girl glossary i think sid told you about some of the things that we've added to it like being obsessed with lion the witch in the wardrobe <laughs> um what were some of the oh clear mascara, clear mascara. Was one for me. wait oh, what's the yes. context of clear mascara like so when it's I, makeup non-makeup so you can like still it's 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 basically makeup in a god-honoring way girl defined vibes yeah oh my god. <laughs> well so when i was in middle school i was allowed to wear makeup my parents didn't care but my friends were not allowed to wear makeup and i wanted to because i thought it was fun and i but i was like i don't want to be like a hoe wearing black <laughs> mascara in the seventh grade so i got clear mascara and i would wear that, that to be so like not funny. truly beautiful <laughs> yeah not passing the presidential fitness test is another one that we both identified with i couldn't even pass the you vice seem presidential. more physically fit than us so you oh, might God. not relate to that <laughs> well also it's not the same in every um every state like some places didn't have the presidential they had the pacer i guess i literally never even heard of that oh, oh the pacer Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you just did, unlocked a core memory. We also did the pacer, though. Oh, we we did, did the pacer. pacer. That was scary as hell. That little beep sound that it would make. Um, okay, okay well, yeah, all so this to say, all this to say, do you have an addition to the Good Girl Glossary? Wait, yeah. can it be, can it be, like, a, a life practice? Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm saving myself for heterosexual marriage. <laughs> I am, I'm still a virgin. I mean, by the definition that I had for a or long like time. Or sex. Yeah. 
There you go. Wait, is this is you, this is Famously real? the loophole. Oh no. no. Okay, 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 okay. Oh my god. No. Um, what is it? Um, the backdoor loophole. What? What is the um? Uh, what is her name? They have the little joke about it, like the Christian loophole or something. No, they're like it's not Hollow Notes, but that's their joke name. Okay, Wait. give oh, me I a moment. Do you know, know what I'm talking about? <gasps> but I do remember, like, a few people in high school. I mean, they weren't, like, strong Christian people. But I remember a few people in high school being, like... I have I have since found count. out there was a lot of blowjobs going on <laughs> at my oh high my school. We we were, um, my my circle of friends, my parents listen, um, big OTPHJ people. <laughs> you know about those, right? No, I know. Over the, the, over the, the like pants hand job? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Oh my god, wait, okay, people, people in my high school- Also, also, poorly executed. <laughs> poorly executed OTP I don't OTP know if there's a good OTP I think you, I think you can be successful, and I don't, I don't think we're- I mean, people in my high school were doing nasty shit, but it was, like, it was not, like, cemented into, like, the culture. Yeah. Mm. It was, like, very hush-hush. Not, like, like, not, like, a Mormon soaking Yeah. Thing. Oh, I Garfunkel mean, and Oates. Oh! Them. It's oh, called the loophole, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's, a, like, um, I'm Christian, so put it in my butt. Um, well, absolutely, on my part, yes. added to the glossary. Saving your sex for he- wow. saving yourself for a heterosexual, heterosexual marriage. marriage. The Catholics are branding this shit. <laughs> it's here. We love it. Okay, we Sid has a little sound that she does that we put. Oh yeah, I go. <laughs> but it's really just my voice, and then we edited it. <laughs> I was I was trying to find a sound, and then I was like, actually, Sid crushed it. <laughs> Let's just do it. All yeah. right, okay, I think we can move into our game. I, which we're so excited for. So as we've been hinting at, um, yeah, we have a game specifically tailored for you, and it is called... I wanna know, what's the name of the game? I, Hugh... Nope. I, I grant Hugh over... I'm gonna start again. <laughs> it's specifically tailored for you, and it is called... I wanna know, what's the name of the game? I grant Hugh a wish... Um, and that, so we all, they all have dumb names. Your mouth is a gape, and I'm obsessed with that. Dumb is not the word I would use. No, would they all have clever, like, clever, brilliant. clever names. Like, but so punny that they can get a little hard to decipher what the game is about. But basically, we're going to tell you a fact, and you're going to tell us if it's Amy Grant or Hugh Grant. Oh <laughs> my god. Okay, this is incredible. <sighs> a lot of time went into this game. Really? Oh my god. No, I'm kidding. I did. Truly, <laughs> um, when Chase shared your Twitter handle, Becca was like, "I'm on it." I Becca was I've like, been "I have Amy Grant themed games." At first, I was just gonna do a true or false, like a trivia, but then I was like, mm, "That's not exciting enough." And then I was like, "Yes." <laughs> you know what's? Um, speaking of that, it's really funny. I get a lot of people in my DMs sometimes who literally think I'm Amy Grant, and they like. Chase was telling us that. That's so. Funny. It's like if they didn't look at any co- of your yeah. content. No, no, no. Also, like the fact that photo. she would be Amy underscore Grant underscore y'all. Like, yes. <laughs> like she couldn't even get her own name. Like no, Amy it's Grant. Funny. Oh, so good. Incredible. Okay, well, Becca, I think you should take the. Okay, um, so most of the questions will be like, which grant? And then you'll just say the first name of the grant that this question is okay. referring to. Um, so which grant has four children? Amy. Yes, you're right, Amy. Do you know any of their names? Oh, God, no. Okay. I, I know one just got married. Well, they don't really have interesting names, but <laughs> <laughs> three of them are Chapmans and one is a Gill. Okay, I was going to say which ones are Chapmans. Okay. I bet the Gill is younger, because that... Yeah, she was, she I mean, was I born, I think, in, them, like early 2000s like yeah. right after they good job one point yes and apparently fun fact hugh has five children with two to w- two women oh yes oh, wow. sorry so i left that out okay also. i thought he had like 12 which is why i wrote that question because i like <laughs> i i knew that hugh grant had like he's gone a, you should look him up on wikipedia sometimes he's done a lot <laughs> of like back and forthsies but mm-hmm. um he doesn't have as many children as i thought okay question two which grant has released a song called don't write me off hugh Hugh, yes. yes, it was featured in music and lyrics. I honestly guessed, but I was just like, there is, there, there's gotta be like some random ass song that he released <laughs> as like some sort of publicity song. Mm-hmm. Okay, which grant is 61 years old? Amy. Trick question, it's both. Oh, it's both? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> two months apart. Isn't that interesting? Wow. Can you believe it? Can I can't. But I'm glad that you, you were like, she's 61. I mean, so. I knew that she was. <laughs> I love that. Do you know her birthday? Oh, God. I don't either. I don't either. No, I just, yeah, I, she's, I know that she's just, like, like almost exactly my mom's age, mm-hmm. and, like, my mom, like, my mom loves too. her. Okay. 
I'm going to read a quote that, uh, a quote said about one of the grants, but I'm going to make it gender neutral. Okay. okay. They perceive flaws in themselves and other people, and they care about their humanity nonetheless. Hugh. Hugh. It's about Hugh. Yeah. That was about Hugh. A lot of the other quotes about Hugh would never have applied to any grant. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say, it was like, you should have picked, like, some really, like, hilarious quote from, like, his days where he was, like, notoriously, like, getting prostitutes right in love. <laughs> yeah, that'll come up. Don't worry. <laughs> right. Stay tuned. Okay, number five. Which grant's ex is married to someone with a 23-year age gap? Oh, Amy. Amy. Yes. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe that. Yeah, I it's weird. I remember going down a rabbit hole of that recently. Well, I still don't. Like, I don't think we really know exactly, like, what went down with their marriage. And I wonder, I wonder what was going on at the yeah. time. Well, this person was involved. I saw that she said something um, in an interview about, like, she was like, everybody thinks that I, like, met Vince Gill and then just... Yes. No, I still remember my mom literally, like, being devastated mm-hmm. because, like, divorce was, like, yeah. so awful. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. cheating was on top of it. It was just, like... Yeah, and she basically was just like, our marriage had been dead for a really, really long time, yeah. which is sad. But, you know, now he's found love in Cassie Chapman, mm-hmm. star and- of Private Lives of Nashville Wives. <laughs> <laughs> and now Amy is living in Hotel California. Mm-hmm. Okay, which grant faced criticism for seemingly condoning premarital sex? Um, okay, so I do, I feel like I have context for, for both. Okay. I mean, I don't think, uh... Let's say Hugh. It's Amy. Okay. So, I wasn't sure if it was explicit, but... So, I'll, I'll read the quote that apparently stirred the drama. In an interview early in her career, Grant stated, I have a healthy sense of right and wrong, but sometimes, for example, using foul exclamation point words among friends can be good for a laugh. The article, which was based on that interview, was constructed in such a manner so as to make it appear as though Grant condoned premarital sex. Later, Grant reflected on how the article misrepresented her views, stating, We probably talked for two hours about sexual purity. When the interview finally came out, he worded it in such a way that it sounded like I was condoning premarital sex. So, I picked up that article and thought, You've made me say something I've never said, and you've totally disregarded two hours of Bible put into one flippant comment I made about a moan. Wow. Was that the article when her unguarded tour? I don't know. Because they've actually talked about this on Good Christian Fun, and I didn't know about this until I talked about it. But, yeah, they have all... Maybe it's not the same article, but there was this other article about, like, she was dressing too racy, and, like, she was wearing pants, and that was, like, a big deal. Like, yeah, it was, like, all these things that they were just... Like, the CCM industry just, like, looked into as hard as possible. Did you watch the documentary? The CCM documentary they talked about on Good Christian Fun? Oh, no, I haven't watched it yet. I... Is that the one that, like, Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith and, like, a bunch of other people I are think so, in? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Didn't two come out, like, right at the same time? Oh, there was the one about CCM, and then there's the one about Hillsong. Oh, right? um, the Hillsong one I haven't watched yet. I, I've i heard that it's kind of just, like, a bunch of information I already knew, but, and, like... And, like, isn't actually that... Doesn't look... I, like I, I haven't watched it, though, so okay. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, they seem to say it didn't look with too critical of an eye. Yeah, I yeah. I did see that Amy got a lot of criticism for being too of the world. Yes, I and I remember, I even remember my mom talking about that kind of stuff. All right, which grant won $125,000 for charity on Celebrity Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Hugh. It was Amy. It was Amy? Yeah. It was Amy. She was no on way. like a rock star edition and she won. Shut up, I have to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we know what charity it was? I'm assuming no. No. I don't. Her Wikipedia was very vague. <laughs> <laughs> Which Grant almost went to school for a PhD in history of art, also known as art history? Hugh. It said history <laughs> of art. It must you. be, yeah, it's you. It must be a British thing. The history of The art. history of art. No. He went to university I for the history I of art. Grant does not know anything about art. <laughs> <laughs> Hugh Grant's Wikipedia page is like basically like, Hugh never wanted to be famous. He never even really wanted to act. He just fell into it. Like, <laughs> I'm like, he must have been pushing this narrative so hard. It's just like, he just stumbled onto a stage. <laughs> it's so He woke funny. up one morning in the middle of a soundstage and he's like, I guess if you're going to force me. <laughs> he hates being famous. He never wanted to act. He wanted to study art history, but he didn't get a grant. So fine. I'll, I'll be in some rom-coms. <laughs> Amazing. So funny. 
Which Grant fell in love with someone else while married to someone else? Well, do we know the actual details of this? <laughs> I guess she that's true. Ma- she makes it sound like she fell in love with Vince while married to Gary, but like her her marriage to Gary was basically over. Is what I read. Right. So like they were still married, but maybe not like emotionally connected. Okay, so Amy. So yes, yeah, yeah. Amy. <laughs> I honestly feel silly asking you trivia about this. Well, no, I. <laughs> No, I was supposed to say, I was like, maybe, like, hopefully this indicates that I only know random shit about Amy Grant. Yeah. I'm actually, like, her biggest fan, You're but not... it's kind of getting concerning. Yeah. <laughs> well, so the thing that I read said that when she first met him, it, she was, like, really enamored by him. So it was, like, yeah. from the start, she was kind of like, oh. And then he, like, wrote a song about her before she got a divorce. Okay. And, but I, but it was kind of like, he didn't say it was about her until later. And now it's kind of like, okay, fine. Like, yes, but we were... (laughs) She was in a loveless marriage, basically. Um, Which Grant cheated on their significant other with a sex worker while in a committed relationship? You. Yeah. You. And which Grant suffered worse repercussions for their thing? I would say Amy. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. Um, (laughs) She wrote, Amy, lol, he was a man. (laughs) (laughs) He's just a scoundrel, you know? He's just like like a silly little guy. He's also British. Yeah. Yeah, meanwhile... Do we all remember the day we found out about Tiger Woods? Oh, my God. <laughs> and then, no, oh, my gosh. Every time somebody, like, people are always like, I just love Tiger. And I'm like, oh, so y'all are not like me because I do not forgive people. <laughs> I don't forgive and I'll never forget. Yeah, I was, I'll be like, on my deathbed and be like, Tiger. Literally. I always say this. I'm like, with my friends, like, you know, when their boyfriends made them cry in college, I'm like, I'm thinking about that on the altar, holding flowers. Why'd you, why'd you bail on your plants? Death grip on your bouquet. (laughs) Seven years ago. Well, congratulations. You did great. Yes, that that was was the final question. Thank you. Really very, very impressive. That was a really great concept for a game. That's that's a Becca special. Thank you. I I love a crunch time game planning, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) That's when we do our best work. It's been in the back of my little brain all weekend, and then today I was like, oh, Q versus Amy. Let's go. Let's go. Um, So there's not much else to do but our last segment, which is just past the offertory plate. Is there anything you would like to plug? Hi, it's Sid, not Matt plugging himself. I just want a disclaimer that there was about to be some funky audio in the next few minutes. But if you stay tuned and bear with us, you can learn how you can get some free merch. Doesn't that sound exciting? Okay, go Matt. If you want, you can follow me on Twitter at Amy underscore Grant underscore y'all. Fair warning, I'm super annoying. (laughs) Um, And if you need any architectural or interiors services, just let me know. I... I'm Becca Stevenson. You can follow me on Instagram, the Becca Stevenson. You can follow me on TikTok and Twitter at the real underscore Becca. Um, that's it. Every time I do that, I'm like, I should have more to say, right? And then I'm like, those sometimes are Sometimes you say you're LinkedIn, sometimes you don't. You know what? I'm going to say it again. Follow me on LinkedIn. <laughs> if you reach out to me on LinkedIn and aren't weird, because I have gotten weird LinkedIn messages, people would ask me on dates from TikTok on LinkedIn, and I'm like, just because I posted that I worked in advertising didn't mean you could look me up and send me a creepy message on LinkedIn. <laughs> and it's also like, if you were cute, that would have worked, but... <laughs> She's also engaged now, so don't think about it. Yeah, don't even think about asking me out on LinkedIn. (laughs) On the other hand, I have a LinkedIn and I'm single. Um, Slide on in. Slide on in. Um, Yeah, I'm Sid period the period king on TikTok and Instagram. And I think that you can look me up on LinkedIn. It's inaccurate. I'll say that. Because as of right now, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Um... I'm in SAG if you want to cast me in something, and... This is great. <laughs> You're an amazing call job. Fran Drescher. Call Fran. <gasps> if you know Fran Drescher, call If you know Fran... Oh, yeah. My my president, Fran. Wait, she, yeah, she just she, became president, right? Not just. Um, like, this year. Okay. But I, I joined in March, and she was my president, and I was like considering joining, not joining, and then I got let go from my last job, and I was like, well, I might as well join, and I was like, oh, under Fran? Yeah. Oh, under Fran. Um, and you can follow Good Girls Gone Sad on TikTok and Instagram at Good Girls Gone Sad. You can email us at goodgirlsgonesad at gmail.com. And you can also come to a live show when we have another one. I'm realizing now this will probably air after our next live show at Club Coming. 
Yeah, probably. But probably. we'll do another one if people we'll come do another to this one. one. <laughs> yes, and um, once again, if you are, we see that some of you are listening from strange cities, so if you are listening from a city and you would like us to come, let us know. Becca and I also want you to know that we will send you a Good Girls Gone Sad sticker. Yep, that's right, merch. We have merch, and we will mail it to your home. All you have to do is leave us a little review on Apple Podcasts, doesn't even have to be five stars. Just screenshot it and DM it to the Good Girls Gone Side Instagram with your mailing address and a sticker will arrive at your door. Yes. Um, also, we just want to shout out our amazing DJ. DJ skipped my Luke. Um, he made our incredible theme song and we love it so much. We will probably use it in our show next Wednesday, which will have already happened by the time we do this. Um, so f- give him a follow. At skip to my Luke underscore. At I don't skip think to my Luke DJ underscore. Yes. Okay. We really like DJ skip to my Luke. He's a great guy and He's he makes a wonderful person podcast theme song. I think we can end our Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> Go listen to good Christian fun and, um, follow Kevin on OnlyFans. It seems like he needs it. <laughs> and I wondered like. I haven't even looked for anything if how real that is, but like it's so funny. If it's well, really a penny a month, what is she on? What is the movie one? Oh, Letterbox. Letterbox. You can follow oh me. No, I'm actually, follow me on Letterbox. Oh, I need to get one. Um, my photo is kind of cool. It's me with some stormtroopers at Tribeca, <laughs> and at, we'll ask for the story. Wow, I yeah. want to hear it, but not today. not not today. <laughs> We're done here. All right, thank you so much, yes, Matt. Thank you so we much, Matt. Thank you for having me. Bye. Oh no, okay.